An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? This is an easy one. Yeah. I just got a call from Bill Simmons, and he said... It's now an expectation that the, all the members of this show have to compete in dog collar matches. <laughs> what kind of bonus are you looking for? What, what's the dollar figure? If you're you have to do it, what's the dollar figure? Dave, you're asking the wrong questions, Dave. I would never do a dog collar for money. That is the meaning. That is the meaning. You're not gonna. Bill Simmons, the white man in charge, will not pay me to be. <laughs> oh no, oh, no. I'm, we're getting canceled. <laughs> I'll do it for free, Bill. I'll do it for oh, free for the love great. of the game. <laughs> I'm, just I'm kidding, not even going to ask fire. Brian. Uh, let's just start the show. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. It's Masked Man Mondays. We're back yes, again. Sir. Yes, Super sir. producer Brian Waters is sitting in too. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are y'all? Great, man. Uh, we have a we had a crazy action packed weekend of professional wrestling. I was gonna say oh, professional yeah. sports. Um, we had uh, Ring of Honor. We had NXT. We had a really big SmackDown that somebody's got to talk about. Might as well be us. Might uh, as we well. had a big week. Got a big week of wrestling coming up. Um, but someone, someone, someone is trying to convince me to take a road trip to Montreal. Is there that should have been the cold oven question of the week? Would you road trip five hours with your kid and wife to Montreal? Montreal's five hour drive from here, five and change. Yeah, really? You're clo- you're probably closer than me. That sounds so much further than it really is. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like Toronto's got to be not that far away. No, Do you ever have that anxiety of when you're like, uh, you're paying at a restaurant or something, and for some reason, the way that the waiter's walking back up to you makes you think like, oh shit, maybe the credit card didn't go through. And it's like, you know that there's no reason to worry about it, but there's that moment of fear that comes with it or whatever. That's going to be me. That's going to be me times a million crossing the borders. Like, I'm guaranteed there's no reason that this is going to be a problem. (laughs) 
But imagine well, how embarrassing that would be with my family in the car. Oh, uh, <laughs> God. Just in case, though. Just in case. I mean, yeah, no, I know that feeling all too well as a, a struggling college student that has had mm-hmm. their card uh, returned to them on more than one occasion. Uh, but, yeah, like, just call Drake. I heard he's, you know, Drake got the, got the plug at, at the border. So I think I'll be straight, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lying. I don't have Drake's number anymore. Ring of Honor? Let's start with Ring of Honor. Let's start with Ring of Honor. Let's go for it. Wow. Wow. When's the last time you said that on the Masked Man Show, Dave? About Ring of Honor? Let's start with Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, okay. So they had had Final Battle. It was really, really good. The dog collar match between the Briscoes and FTR. I mean, I don't know quite what to do at this point. When these guys like have functionally unannounced matches and go out there and steal the show every time, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to spend any time complaining about the build. This was a this was just an absolutely incredible match. Four guys, two chains, four collars. I guess uh, they two chains. They uh, and the referee. I should say five guys. Referee took a nasty bump in there too. Um, it was just an incredible match. I saw Meltzer talking about it, and he was like, yeah, I don't know if, if the bloody matches aren't your cup of tea. Maybe don't seek it out, but if they if you don't have any problem with it, go, because this is like match of the year. Oh, my God. Match of the year candidate is an understatement. I mean, mm. this is a, I don't even know, top three match. I mean, it's it, it, this might be the match of the year, and it was, and normally I'm not a big blood guy, although I don't have, wouldn't have, a, you know, never have a problem watching a dog collar match, but I don't know what to say about it. I, I do want to like spin it forward though a little bit because it's like yeah. the, the whole show. Oh, by the way, the other big news coming out of it is, is uh, Claudio beat Jericho for the Ring of Honor Championship, um, and Tony Khan announced that there's not a TV show. You know, you're not a network TV deal coming, but they're going to be doing weekly episodes on um, Honor Club. Honor Club. Yeah, of which I'm a member. I don't know how I didn't remember that, but anyway. Um, so, you know, I mean, not the worst situation in the world, kind of anticlimactic. It did sort of feel like between Jericho dropping the title and, you know, there's always been these sort of issues rumored and perhaps more than rumored with, with um, the Briscoe brothers and, and their sort of network that was marketability. My that was my question. Uh, I kind of felt like with them getting a big chance to shine and with Claudio taking the title, it was a little bit of back to Ring of Honor business as usual, right? We're not really, like, worried about courting a network anymore. We're not using Jericho's celebrity or trying to whitewash anything else that's happened in the past. We're just back to being Ring of Honor. And I think for the company, you know, for the quality of the product, that's going to be a net positive. Um, but is that what it felt like to you guys? Um, Yeah, that was my first question. So I've heard, like, here and there about like why the Briscoes haven't been using the AEW and obviously, yeah, they're probably not the most, uh, 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 TV friendly people, I guess, if you're trying to go to Warner or trying to go to discovery plus or whatever. And, uh, I, I could see that, but i never really got like a straight answer on why AEW hasn't used them on TV, but more than that, um, I don't want to focus too much on not getting a TV deal because I do think there is a way that this could be like a a net positive for Ring of Honor's growth as a company. Um, The way they broke it down was basically like, this is the WWE Network. This is basically the WWE Network with NXT when NXT was just on 
the network. And for all intents and purposes, that was probably the best version of NXT to a lot of people, right? Like when it was when it was like pay for subscription and, you know, they could kind of really have their own sort of time limits and they weren't like withholding to commercials and ads and all that type of stuff. Like there's a real good opportunity for Ring of Honor to really grow as a brand. And then maybe next year, who knows? Maybe next year they get that one hour on on TBS or Turner or some Discovery slash Warner network after that. But I will say it does feel like, you know, Jericho as Ring of Honor champion kind of felt like they were shopping him the same way AEW was being shopped when it first sort of launched. Yep. Uh, as, the, you know, the one of the brand's most recognizable figures and, you know, one of the most uh, successful wrestlers of the past 30 years. You know, it definitely doesn't hurt having that guy carry a title for a while. But I think, you know, Wheeler Yuta taking a pure championship back. This is uh, Claudio become the world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, the huge, huge uh, platform that the Briscoes really got on that on that pay-per-view. And even like Shane Taylor Promotions and and that company and and that that group kind of getting a great uh, look with Swerve in Our Glory. It does make me think that I think possibly Tony's fandom, and again, which shouldn't be looked at as a negative. I think, no, I was about to jump in and say we we toss that around a lot. Yeah, but, like, but compared to the alternative, I'm yeah, uh, I'd exactly. much rather him be a big fan. I'm exactly. blinded by his fandom. I think he might have been a little bit blinded by his fandom, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he saw Ring of Honor. You know, Ring of Honor was in, in dire straits for a long time. He kind of came in and gave it some relevancy and is putting his own dollars and his own talent into a brand that severely needed it. So I don't think, you know, I think people are going to easily and, you know, not surprisingly try and like jump on Khan and shit on them, not really getting a TV deal. But I do think this Honor Club situation could be a net positive for the company because I think there still needs to be more growth. And as long as there's something separate from what happens on Dynamite and Rampage, you know what I mean? I think there's an opportunity to still build it. I mean, I'm sure they're still going to advertise it on AEW TV. And I'm still, I'm sure they're still going to advertise, you know, uh, Hey, catch the uh, uh, FTR on honor club this weekend at 9 PM or whatever to do blah, sure. blah, 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 blah. Like, I think there's still going to, there's still so many, the fact that they already have a TV deal, but they still could kind of use it for whatever they want lets me know that Honor Club is going to rise up in the next year or two. And who knows? By then, maybe they will be ready for a TV, their own standalone TV deal. But um, I'm not going to poo-poo on it. I think it's a good idea. It's a good situation, especially for uh, a company that it seems like it's going to be focused on the pure ring excellence and in-ring quality and and some names that you may not be readily familiar with when it comes to straight up professional wrestlers. So I'm not mad at it. I think it's a, I think it's a, a smart idea, a smooth idea. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? I mean, you're, you're a, you're a longtime ring of honor guy. Do you, I mean, and, but you also watch everything. So I, I'm guessing that the, you know, paywall is not going to be an issue for you. <laughs> um, I'm excited about it because like, um, you get an opportunity to see maybe some of the guys on like the, who are wrestling on AEW Dark, kind of go down there and get their reps in. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for seeing Shane Taylor Promotions and that Keith Lee story kind of pick up where it left off, especially like them two being former tag team. And now, you know, I like the fact that Shane Taylor didn't get pinned on Saturday because mm-hmm. there still leaves that open for him and Keith Lee. You also have, uh, like I was watching 
the way the commentators was. A shout out to Ian and Caprice because you felt this sense of pride for Ring of Honor. Like, they needed Claudio to win the match. Mm -hmm. They couldn't afford for Jericho to win the match. And I think that from the business side of Ring of Honor translates, like uh, Kaz was saying, to the Honor Club. And it's going to make people want to, the Ring of Honor diehards want to subscribe. But then using the AEW television show where you have other diehard wrestling fans who are watching that product say, you know what, maybe I need to go ahead and invest and check this out as well. So I think this is a good move all the way around. Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, it, it, I think that you got to take out the the disappointment of this not being like, you know, prime time on CBS or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like, but, you know, that disappointment is kind of a sunk cost, right? I think that it's onward and upward, you know? And I think that, you know, T, uh, AEW television is going to benefit from not being overly encumbered by the Ring of Honor project, um, or at least it should be. And uh, And I think that Ring of Honor especially... Is gonna is gonna be uh, helped by by kind of being able to function as an underdog and not being from day one dogged by ratings questions and blah blah blah. You know, even if you would just like put Ring of Honor on in the rampage slot, which I I probably suggested at times, I and mean, it makes some level of sense, right? Yeah, yeah. But at that point, you're <clears throat> every week you're comparing. At least Rampage has the benefit of sort of being a secondary show, right? If this is Ring of Honor's lead broadcast and every week it's like comparing their ratings to the SmackDown ratings, you know, even adjusted and 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 everything else. I think that I think that this will this will help. And it also like if there were concessions made for the purpose of getting on television, um, you know, in wrestling you you do what you gotta do and you sort of are constantly making lemonade out of lemons. But um, and that not just in terms of appeasing networks no matter injuries and whatever you know there's a million different things wrestler you know personality conflicts whatever um but if there were concessions made that were really just to get try to get a network to to, to buy it or get time Warner discovery to like find an extra time slot or blah 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 i think it's a really good thing to be free of those free of free of those shackles at this point if we get unhooked from that dog collar because yeah, it's so it's a, there. yeah no because i, I just don't think I just it's it hasn't been working particularly, you know, and it's and it's mm-hmm. um I, I think that there's a potential for this to be huge. I think the best possible thing that could happen at this point is to have Ring of Honor be able to function as an underdog, you know, for to, for Ring of Honor to be a thing that it it there is there is a paywall, right? I mean, there it, there there mm-hmm. is a degree of difficulty to it, but I don't think that's a. I mean, that's and that you know, again, that could be a disappointment to, from where, what we were thinking, but I think it's a positive. I think it's good if Ring of Honor is the sort of thing that like you're like I'm like Brian, did you see that show? Okay, well go seek it out, go get the ten mm-hmm. get the ten spot out of your pocket and go make go watch <laughs> this thing because it, yeah. it, it that sort of hype is actually I think going to overall build if you know they have a show that you. That people talk about and make you want to see. Um, a, year, a year ago, I was at the last final battle right. under the Sinclair broadcast. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, I've never been to a wrestling show that felt eerie. Like, after the show was over, we watched them take down the ring. We watched them take down everything. And I, I remember the Briscoes that came over and they talked to people. Rhett Titus was somebody that I watched come up through the Maryland uh, area. So I was familiar with him and everybody kind of had this like feeling like nobody wanted to leave the building because nobody knew when they would see each other again. Mm, But 
Owen, like watching Saturday night, it felt like a rebirth, a rejuvenation. Sure, Ring of Honor has been going on, but it felt like when Claudio won, that was like the exclamation point. Seeing as that you just crowned a new women's champion, you just crowned a new uh, six-man tag champion, you just crowned new tag team champions, and now crowned a new world champion. It's like, okay, we're moving forward. We're going to do this thing our way, our style. That's what's up, yeah. man. Like, I, I, I kind of felt, I wasn't there, but like, I can understand that being like the sort of prevailing thought afterwards because, you know, however way you want to slice it, you know, Ring of Honor was kind of in trouble this time last year. You know what I mean? Like, there really <laughs> wasn't, there really wasn't any clear future. But I think now, um, I mean, and with the, with the support of AEW, right? Like, now that you have established Ring of Honor people on your roster, that could be strictly on Ring of Honor, and you still have the the variables of AEW guys popping up here and there. You know what I'm saying? I always thought it wasn't so much about the TV deal when it came to Ring of Honor and the success to me. It was just about keeping it separate. It was just like it just mm -hmm. got Ring of Honor just got to be its own thing. I don't care where you see it. I don't care where it's at. I didn't care if it was on YouTube or AEW Dark or whatever the hell it was. I just needed Ring of Honor to be a separate thing from yeah. something that's happening in between Dynamite and Rampage because one, there was already way too many titles on the show. And two, there's absolutely no way you could fit in all of that content within two hours. It's impossible. I've seen it. I've tried it. Like having that many people on your show is the reason why you get 10 second promo clips of people backstage and five seconds, like all this, like there's just too many things happening. Now with Honor Club and Ring of Honor, having its own place to sort of breathe and grow and continue to do its own thing with what I'm assuming is under their own sort of creative uh, powers without necessarily having to be withholding to a, a national TV deal. Like I said, I think this is going to be a long-term net positive for Ring of Honor. And as long as they keep it separate and still have the opportunity to bring in those AEW surprises, bring in those New Japan surprises, mm -hmm. make it something that people are worth watching for and it's not on dynamite or rampage time i see it as as a success yeah brian what was your favorite match of the show i get okay what was your favorite match besides the tag team match <laughs> uh it was the main event i love the ending i've never yeah. seen an ending like that before the tapping and... out tapping out to the to the giant swing yeah because yeah. I, I started counting and i was like okay he's mm -hmm. going to go to 20 well he's going to go to 30 and then i was like oh Oh, it's over. So it made so much sense. And I saw mm -hmm. Jericho clap back at a troll. And it, it, it just, like, ring psychology-wise, but also keeping that realism. If you're showing somebody who has never seen pro wrestling before, they would have done the same thing. Like, well, why aren't they... Why isn't he giving up? Like, why was he... Can't he stop him? And he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I've been swung by my legs before, not since I was like a, a toddler, <laughs> but I, and even back then it pretty it hurt. It felt like your brains are going to leak out of your ears and your, your, your spine's going to fall out of your butthole. Like if you ever been <laughs> swung like that, trust me, it hurts. It hurts way more, way more than the walls of Jericho. I'll tell you that much. If you have somebody that's strong to do that, like the walls of Jericho, you know, if you've, if you got back problems could, almost feel pretty relieving at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but a giant swing for that long, like, no, it was smart. I loved the way it ended. so cool. And, uh, yeah, it made sense. Like, in the... It, like, and I've always I've always wondered why that wasn't a finish, right? Like, it's the, clearly mm -hmm. 
Claudio's offensive repertoire is so unique and so like just awe-inspiring. I always felt like with with professional wrestlers, you always want the coolest thing you do to be your finish. And the giant swing is the coolest thing he does. It's the thing that was the most over. It should have been his finisher in WWE, to be honest. When the swing, when he was the, yeah. the king of swing and all that type of shit, like the neuralizer was not it, right? Like the sharpshooter belongs to Bret Hart and mm-hmm. the giant swing is uniquely his. Yes, people in the past have done it before, but like not since like the 30s and the 40s. Like literally well, Claudio, since- I mean, listen, it goes without I I don't I don't I don't want to belabor the point, but Claudio is so good. But what yeah. but he's so good at like what makes him a, like an absolutely elite wrestler? It's not having a finisher that everybody recognizes, right? He's better in the margins than everybody else is in everything else, right? It's mm. like what I remember this is a tortured example but since we always do nba parallels one of the formative moments of my childhood nba fandom was charlotte hornet larry johnson getting the getting screw jobbed in the slam dunk contest yes because he was doing Ooh. stuff that was literally too fast and like too like too like he was he was doing stuff that like the judges couldn't tell how good he was right and he wasn't yeah. doing the traditional stuff he was doing like super fast like tap the backboard with, uh, on one side and whip it around for a dunk two handers like whatever and that's what Claudio's like. It's like, the, like no one, you just, he's best at stuff that it's actually, you got to concentrate to appreciate it. And I yeah. don't mean that in some like nerdy, like highbrow way. It's just like, it's, he can, uh, his, he doesn't have like, he doesn't have a people's elbow. He, right. he has a giant swing now, you know? I mean, he's got the swing. That's it. It's fucking great. There you go. Um. Anyway, uh, we'll run through the rest of the card really quick. Uh, mentioned uh, Shane Taylor promotions. They, of course, lost to Swerve in Our Glory. Um. Air Fox and Blake Christian beat Drillistico and Roosh. There was a interesting chair shotting. I don't understand why like every Roosh match ends with just some schmozzy thing <laughs> after the bell that makes us all wonder. But like now it's like the first match on the card, so who cares? Athena had a great freaking match against Mercedes Martinez and walked away with the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Um uh that I mean that was just a, an epic one. Mm-hmm. Embassy kept the six-man titles, so love those guys. Um uh, Wheeler Yuta over Daniel Garcia for the Pure Championship. Um, I mean, that was a good match too. I mean, I, and I, I think that they're going to have to do. I don't know. Maybe the Pure the Pure Division is going to thrive behind the paywall. I think they need to do a little bit more to to give it, you know, to I mean, sort of define it in the mainstream. That's always been a hang up of mine about right. Ring of Honor. I just don't think that people really get it, and I don't think that over pushing Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, not that they don't deserve it in kind of on their own terms, but is not really doing, doesn't really do any favors, right? It's like, I don't know. Um, and I think that was it. Oh yeah, Samoa Joe over Juice Robinson. Overall, really, really incredible card, top to bottom. Everything was really good. And I'm very excited to see um, what comes next for every for for the Ring of Honor family. Um I'm excited to see how the show looks, you know? I'm excited to see... I'm just excited to see how they move forward. Because like I, I just, said, being an underdog, I think, really suits them. And serves them. Not suits them so much, it serves them. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So how does this sort of affect, if this is a true third brand that's going to live on its own, do you think this further pushes down the New Japan's, the Impact Wrestling? Well, New Japan the- is uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor apparently are going to have a working relationship. I think, and New Japan is a little bit, New Japan is going to rise and fall based on the the quality of booking and quality of matches like over or, the previous three months or from what the streets are saying uh one mercedes vernado yeah. the debuting at wrestle kingdom at new japan what's that what's the, what do you what are you feeling about that how's that feel for you i have a hard time getting myself out of the conspiracy theory corner for this one, whether I got, or not a, this is, I got a good conspiracy. If this is a smokescreen, or if this is like whatever, uh, I I don't know. I don't. Know. But but, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, I, Jay White talking about her joining the Bullet Club is not. Are, first, those aren't those aren't the words of a person who who's trying to like you know pay lip service to help out his company. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now, first off, if Sasha Banks joined the Bullet Club. She'd be by far the most popular person in Bullet Club history. Like Jay White would be joining her group at this mm-hmm. point. Right? Like, she should be the first. She would. She should be the first female leader of the Bullet Club. If she oh ever god, did, it would be so awesome. It. it would be ridiculously awesome. Um, I don't know anything about you know the the potential Sasha Banks slash Mercedes, um, you know, uh, New Japan stuff, but. If I could get my tinfoil hat going, you know what I mean, and and my my sort of processes going, like I honestly think this is the start of the most unique road to WrestleMania we've ever seen, right? Really, like, I truly believe so. I've all, I have a very hard time believing um, that Mercedes slash Sasha Banks will end up in AEW for several reasons, um, none of which I'll divulge here. But if if it does happen, I'd be it would be a very exciting time for pro wrestling but i just believe that this was something sasha always wanted to do mercedes always wanted to do she's always wanted to perform at new japan and clearly if she went over if she goes over to wrestle kingdom and goes over to new japan she'd be probably their biggest star that they've had there in, in a mighty long time like bigger i think bigger than you know uh your aj styles bigger than finn's bigger than the all those people like she she would the, big, the biggest like non the biggest non-japanese star they yeah, like well, like the biggest they, import they call it? Ga- gaijin gaijin yeah gaijin yeah. the biggest gaijin gaijin whatever uh the biggest american star to go over to japan probably says brock lesnar i'll probably say um but that being said i think it is you know if i'm thinking with sasha's brain or whatever i truly believe she wants to knock down a few things before coming back to WWE. I think she saw what happened with Cody Mm -hmm. and was like, how can I do this? You know what I mean? Like, how can I, you know, Cody went and did everything he he felt like doing and then some and was greeted like an absolute hero after he walked out. 
And just things that I heard just around that situation, especially around the time Sasha and Naomi walked out, was not, and not for a negative way, not in a negative sense, but like I think Cody was such a a, a a test subject for how talent would like to be treated going forward, especially when they feel like they've been wronged yep. by the company, right? And Cody re- not just returning, but getting a mega push, being treated like a mega star, and having an incredible WrestleMania moment like that. This, that's the blueprint now. It's like, yo, yep. if I could go around and do all this for a little bit and then fucking return at WrestleMania like a, like a fucking rock star, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? So I think smokescreen, conspiracy theory, I do believe that we'll see Sasha Banks do a lot of things around the world of wrestling. Dude. All leading up to WrestleMania Hollywood. Now I'm, now I'm going to be disappointed. You know when you get the fantasy book stuck in your head? Yeah. I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> if she's not like the evil queen of the Bullet Club with all of the, just like sending Yo, out minions to, to do her bidding. She has to be the leader if she joins there. Like, do, you think she's she going she gonna to listen to Jay White? No, no offense to Jay White. <laughs> no offense to Jay yeah. White. But it's like, yo... Y'all just, that's like, that's like the Brooklyn Nets signing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Chris LeVert is like, all right, guys, listen in. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's follow me here. Like, no offense to Chris LeVert, but it's like, yo, you just got Katie and Kyrie, bro. The rules done changed. So if they really want to do some forward thinking, uh, next level shit, first ever female leader of the Bullet Club right there, Sasha Banks slash Mercedes Bernardo. I would love to see it. You heard it, fantasy booked here first, guys. Uh, we got NXT. What, what was it called? NXT Deadline. 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 Yeah. I'm never going to remember the name of any NXT show. That was the <laughs> be- ever since they started doing takeovers, it's done for me. Um, <laughs> uh, really, really great NXT show. The Iron Survivor match ended up being a huge, huge success. Yes. Um, and. I mean, there's a bunch of good matches on the card. We'll talk about it, but the, but the, the, the you can distill the whole thing down to to just the moment at the end where Grayson Waller wins, pops up with that shit eating grin with the three fingers up, and then Carmelo Hayes goes after him. Like those two. I mean, I'm I assume that that Grayson Waller is somehow going to take the belt off Braun Breaker so Braun can move up and. But does that mean we have Grayson and Carmelo? I mean, I would love to see them in a long program. Although I'd love to see Carmelo Hayes get brought up too. Those, I mean, those two guys are both just money. Grayson and Carmelo. Oh, I, I just can't. I can't fantasy book them without trying to get them into the main, you know, under the main roster because I love them. I, I think they're all so good. And I was not a big Waller guy when he first came out. I couldn't. Ooh, yeah, me neither. I wasn't Why? quite sure that he was a wrestler. Um, Wale Mania turned me on to him quickly like the way he i don't know if uh you remember that when he came right like uh-huh. the way he came and just sort of like controlled that crowd last april i'm like oh yeah this guy's a megastar he just got to get rid of the shorts man i'm just not a fan of the shorts you don't like, like the shorts it's, it, I, I, uh, it's different but it's too like i'm not a i'm not mad at different especially when it comes to wardrobe choices but it just looks weird on him right like he kind of looks like a boxer mm-hmm. but not really and I, it's he's a few wardrobe changes from being like a megastar. Like it's gonna be one of those things where we look back at him like main eventing like Raw and SmackDown in a what few would years. You, you, I just think like, like, he looks so weird. <laughs> he would look so weird if he was just wearing briefs or something. Like yeah, he's, I think, I think he's long a, tights. I think he's long kind tights of a slight a guy. Look. 
He's very slight, but you know he's tall. He's got a good body on him, and it's just like you know long tights. Long maybe just tights so it's like a, maybe just like hipster, like short hipster running shorts, just like a just the <laughs> nylon that just go, just you know, like high. biker shorts, like right out like the right on the thigh, the, where the thigh meets to hang out or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? It's not. I don't think it's the length. I don't think it's a length issue with the shorts. I just think it's just you know boxer shorts are weird, like. Especially when you're tall, like those looks, they look well. Okay, like a Floyd no, no. Mayweather. I do want to say, I do. I, should, I will admit, it, this goes back to my initial just general confusion around him when he first yeah, okay, was, okay. when I first saw him in NXT 2.0. I was just like, okay, but what am I looking at here? Like, is this like I, I just he came in the ring and I was just like, is this like a? Uh, pardon my dating myself, but is this like mm. a Kevin Federline gimmick? Like, what is happening in front of me? Um, yeah, and there's a, there was there was just a lot there. going on. But I, now I like the shorts. I like everything about him. I like his, I, I love the shit eating grin. Maybe most of all. Um, uh, what was your favorite match on the card, Brian? Oh, uh, man, I, the women's one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, seeing Roxanne Perez win, especially. She went down like oh one or oh two. Mm-hmm. Like she was like the last one to get a uh, no no because Keon James didn't get a uh, win, but she went in the penalty box first. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like she was my pick, so I'm like oh man come on now you know Booker T's commentary, especially like that connection she coming up through his school first when she got into it with Cora Jade the realism there when he talked about you know she needed to focus on the match and not focus mm-hmm. on her beef with Cora Jade so. I love the storytelling there and then for her to get the win. And then I'll be honest with you. I thought Booker T was laughing. I ain't realized. I thought he was, he was laughing like, too. Okay. I, I ain't he was laughing right. too. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I is, he, I was like, is like, he chuckling? But nah, he was, yeah. that was some real boohooing right there. Man. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm living for those real moments. I, it's oh, yeah. funny because you don't, I mean, uh, when I, when I, I, I talked to Booker several months ago, uh, and, you know, it's just like got the opportunity to just kind of shoot the shit with him for a little while. And it was just like talking to him about his school. And I think there's something about book. Well, one, because like, you know, I think it's just normal. It's it's It would be everybody's assumption that someone as famous at him was not super involved in their school, right? They're just like, they got their name on the top. It's like, it's like the Ric Flair gym, right? It's like, you know, I'm pretty sure he's not balancing the books or like, you know, just like calling people to re-up their membership. He just has his name on the gym. Um but man, he is invested in it. It's like he's yeah. talking about. It. He talks about those guys like his kids, you know. And and uh, it's it's really. And, and we we're talking about. Cor- I mean, yeah, we we're talking about Roxanne at the time, you know. And and he was just like, man, she's got it. She's got it. She's got it. And I and, and everybody's gonna see it. Like I'm not even worried about her. Yeah, Booker's um, got some some incredible alumni already. I mean, what a mm-hmm. weekend for him! Like Athena wins the Royal yeah. World Championship. The Usos are being the Usos, uh, and Roxanne. Like I, w- it was it was as real as it gets on commentary, man. Like that was that was really dope to see, man. Booker T. Uh, same thing you said. Like some, you know, we I've interviewed him uh, for my podcast for Say Less when I first started, and the one thing he kept going on about was about reality of wrestling in his school and. You know, Brad Gilmore, who helps out as well. And, his, and of course, his wife, Queen Charmel, how much of their um, real sweat equity that they put into building that wrestling school and the success that it has in Houston specifically, you know. So um, it's tight, man. Like, I'm so happy for him. He's a, he's one of the most unsung, he's probably one of the unsung heroes of of just prof- not just black professional wrestlers, but just professional wrestling in general. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just how much he's given to the, to the industry uh, could never be understated. Um, 
it was an incredible weekend for him. So yeah, I could I could I could I could feel the boo-hoos from him that week, uh that weekend. I, I think my favorite match of the night um was um golly, was the men's iron survivor match, but not because of the way it ended, but the way I feel like it sets up the eventual Carmelo Hayes babyface run. Oh like yeah. I think before before he moves up to Raw or SmackDown, I would love to see him just really be him, but embrace the fact that he's a fan favorite, right? Like, mm-hmm, I think yeah. that's what's coming up for him. I think that's like the everybody's like ready for him to be on Raw and SmackDown, and I'm sure that he's ready for that. But man, if you can't make money off of that guy, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody back there is is, is dropping the ball. It's interesting. He's, it's interesting. You know, you'd almost there's some version of reality where the people in the main roster would see the hint of the face turn and watch mm. the crowd's reaction and say, pack it up. Like, we're not doing anything more. <laughs> we're not doing, like, we're we put them on ice and we're going to bring them up to the main roster. We want, we see how this is going to go. We want dibs on the face turn, right? Yep. Yep. And we know mm-hmm. that, we know the heel <laughs> act is going to work. So let's come do that for a while and then whatever. But it's a, kind of an interesting test case to how developmental is going to go for them because you are going to have people like him who are main roster ready from the moment, from the get, you know? And, and, um, and, but you still have, it's still going to take time to get them to where they can go, you know? That's and, cool. and it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I liked the way I like in a, I put the, probably said this before, but, especially in a young company or a company that's like a developmental company, a company where like the talent's coming and going, it is helpful to have this kind of match just to sort of like subliminally or maybe just like very straightforwardly reinforce like these are the main people on the show. You know? It's like the the people that we consider like 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 top level because like, you know, Joe Gacy's been up there. He's been wrestling with Braun Breaker at times and stuff. But, like, him, Axiom, like, it's nice to see them kind of, like, get some shine up there at the top. And yeah. it was, I mean, listen, they did it in a very straightforward way at the beginning of 2.0 with the War Games match. They obviously can't do that every year. Just have, like, hey, it's the new good guy, the new guys versus the old guys, you know. <laughs> but um, but I, I thought that this match was, both of these matches were really successful in that regard. You know the women's match I thought was exceptional, um, and and really and really good to see Roxanne. You know it's good. To see, that's the story that they're telling. You know, and that's just, and they've been telling it with a little bit of nuance and and whatever and 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 uh, and you know now she's going to be on track to really. I, I got to really tell you something. Get this Dave. thing done. I got to tell you something though, Dave. What? Kind of tired of Braun Breaker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of it already. Like, I knew Apollo wasn't going over, but I'm just like, wow. man, like, it's just. I wasn't sure Apollo wasn't going over. I started having weird pro Apollo feelings. <laughs> Wait, that sounds weird. Oh. Uh, but did. No, but I, I just thought. I just thought this was. The, I thought he's this was. He's kind of boring. He's kind of getting boring. Braun? Man. Like, yeah, Braun's getting kind of boring. Like, I thought after all those video to... packages, I was just like, man, I, this might be the. I would just put the belt on Apollo for, for you know, for one pay per view journey, you know, from now until. The Dolph, the Dolph treatment. The Rumble. Where he's or like champ for a minute and then just mm-hmm. drops it back on the Raw. Like, they've done that already. And I feel like they've done a lot with Braun already. And I don't know unless. I, I, he's just kind of. He's getting real generic, man. Like he's got to do something. Like he's—I could kind of paint by the numbers 
what a Braun Breaker NXT premium live event match is going to be like. He's going to break through some stuff through the entrance. He's going to walk through. He's going to do his his Scott Steiner stuff. And then, you know, the the, the matches are just always kind of all right. Like, they're good. They're good matches. They're like he's oh, had some yeah, great guy. matches, but I don't know if you give him credit for the difference in good and great. Right, like some of his great matches could you could argue were carried by people that were probably better than him and and more experienced than him, which is a lot of people because he literally just started wrestling maybe two years ago, a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just character wise, I just feel like it's time for him to shake shake things up somehow. Like he's just been. The same guy since he came into the company. He's been the same dude, same champion, same talking points. I'm I'm the last in the, to leave. I'm the first one in the building, and blah blah blah. Like it's getting kind of generic. Like Braun's got to shake it up somehow. I don't know how he does it. I don't know if it's through a heel turn. I don't know if it's through an attitude change. I don't know if it's through just he just needs another layer to him. You know, like I feel like he's just kind of been doing the same thing for the past four or five months. He needs to join Sasha Banks' Bullet Club. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Braun, Ryan? This is this is the unexpected hot take territory that we always find ourselves into. I, I know, right? <laughs> um, there was a point in time where I said Braun, long term, should be the guy to take down the Tribal Chief. Oh, yeah. I felt that way, the way he was going, the trajectory. And I've been saying like the past couple of months, I'm not feeling that way anymore. I do enjoy his in-ring work. I like his intensity, but it's just something missing. I don't know. I feel like he needs to get nasty. Like, I feel like he needs to be, like, really ticked off and to have... I don't know. He, like, needs that that one person that makes you think, oh, wait, he can beat him. Like, if you look at... I was watching Survivor Series 2002 a few weeks ago, and the way they built the big show it was believable that Big Show, which he would do, take out Brock Lesnar and end that streak. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know if you need somebody with a Paul heyman s type manager, but somebody that can really get into Braun Breaker's head. Like, if he wasn't on the main roster right now, I feel like Solo could do it. But with the back end of the bloodline, like if you sent Solo down there to like get that NXT goal, uh-huh. I think he could be what it takes to take Braun to another level. I think that's what it comes down to. We just need to see him work with somebody that we feel that he can't beat at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Like, I just feel like he's, I don't know if it's due to what NXT 2.0 has turned into, where it kind of like cleared the roster out. I don't know if it's because of a lack of like true challengers, but, you know, it's been so painfully obviously clear that this man is the face of nxt and its new era of stars and how they think he's getting stars he's getting the scene is i mean he's gonna get the scene reaction soon it wouldn't surprise me at this point like yeah i mean listen like he stood out just look at the crowd after that match like after that spear and the pin it was just like oh okay and like it was a (laughs) quick end and then grayson waller came down or whatever we all kind of saw that coming but like some just got to shake up with him, man. Like here's the so thing: many... he stands out. This has always been the issue with him, the, the looming issue. He stands out because his gimmick is basically like I'm a main roster guy in NXT, right? Like, or not? No, I'm a main. I'm a, I'm a WWF wrestler. Like that's yeah. what he is. With the you know? F, yeah. And, the, and <laughs> yeah. it's gonna and and it's gonna it's it's he, first of all he's gonna get to the main roster and you're gonna realize that he's like five ten and that, and that he's not like he doesn't just he's not gonna look physically superior to a lot of the guys on the show, mm-hmm. right? 
there's a lot of guys who are jacked like him too, you know, and there are a lot, and, 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 and NXT, I mean, not just NXT 2.0, historically in NXT, it's fans like us who get a kick out of just like, like gimmicks, you know, it's like, we, we're like, we love the Ascension because it reminds us of the Road Warriors, you know, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. and, and people get that sort of bonus from, from being like that. Um, and it doesn't always work, right? There's not always a lot behind, behind the gimmick for Braun his his, you know, gimmick was, well, whatever. He's a Steiner brother. He's a he's <laughs> Mojo Rowley or something. Yeah. I don't really know, but he, but he's, but like, it's cool. It's a cool, like, because it reminds us of wrestling in like the eighties and nineties, right? It reminds us of a thing. He's like this, like hyped, like, you, you know, know, even, just even like in the beginning full of, of he's run. ultimate warrior basically. Right. I mean, that's it. And, and we love him. We love like, him. Like but, even in the beginning of his run, like he, he cursed, he said shit. Like he did stuff that was like edgy at first, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then like, it just slowly, they just slowly kind of like backed away from that edginess that he had. And he kind of became NXT John Cena. And it's just like, huh? Okay. Yeah. And, not, and not John Cena in the sense that like we all enjoy, but like the John Cena from like the mid 2000s that you just knew every pay-per-view he was winning. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't even a, a, a hint of maybe possibly could he, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think even there, during those big John Cena runs, the first time that really happened, I think, was when he went up against CM Punk. And it took CM Punk literally flipping the entire industry on his head where people were like, well, wait a minute. Maybe we should just put the title on this guy. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's where Braun Breaker finds himself now. Not a bad place to be, but just for me personally, here's the it's thing, starting though. to get a little dry. Here's the th- I agree, but here's the thing, though. They got to figure that. I mean, I know what I just said about Carmelo Hayes a few minutes ago, but they kind of got to figure that part out in NXT. Mm-hmm. Because if he got put on the main roster tomorrow, He'd probably have a good little first run, but then like, but then what do you do? You know, I mean, what do you do? I always used to say when there was when you know the NXT when NXT was more of a separate thing from the main roster, right? Different brain trusts or whatever else. When you call somebody up, you got to have a plan. But more importantly than that, you got to have a plan B, right? You got to know what the button you're going to push is when they don't get the reaction they want, when the crowd starts, you know, when 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 things fall apart. You got to know you immediately have to have an idea of where you're going. And I don't know where that plan B is for Braun Breaker, you know, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I I have all the faith in the world that there will be a plan B, but like, you know, you don't want there to be, you don't want the fans to have to boo Rocky Maivia for six months and then have him disappear from TV for four months or whatever, before you come up with the idea, before the rock becomes a thing. You want to have that in your back pocket, you know, and, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they we'll see if they do. I hope they kind of like, but it would be interesting to see if they'd mess around some stuff in NXT. The problem is he's just like Hulk Hogan down there. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see if they have the if they have the guts to mess with that because probably and probably justifiably they see a lot of value in bringing up bringing him up as like the conquering hero. So we'll, we'll, but we'll see. We'll see if Grayson Waller can can shock the world mm-hmm. in his boxing shorts and um, <laughs> and win that championship. Um, we got to get out of here pretty soon. Oh, we didn't talk about the new day. Your new NXT tag team champions. Wow. Triple crown. Pretty amazing. Triple crown. Pretty amazing. I love, I love, I love elevating it. it. I love elevating the NXT titles by making them the sort of like goal of a triple of like a a grand slam champ or a triple crown champ. You know what I mean? Like it, it actually, Mm -hmm. you can write that in the, in the future. A lot of people are going to be like, well, all the only thing remaining for me is the, is the, you know, NXT well, championship. The, the Revival have done it. Charlotte Flair has done it. The New Day have done it. 
Uh, golly, I guess Big E. No, Big E didn't do it yet. It's a very small. It's a small list of people who've pulled it off, man. On all three levels, I think uh, Bailey has done it. Seth, Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, WWE loves their accomplishments that they can hold on to that are within their company. So making this another thing, and especially. You know, it was kind of weird, right? Like, you're in the middle of this incredibly long, historic run with the Usos with an incredibly historic tag team already on your roster. How do you keep them relevant and keep them doing something that means something? Go elevate the NXT tag team titles. I thought it was a smart idea. Uh, and uh, it was a fun match, too. It was It was sometimes, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that matchup with Pretty Deadly and NXT. I see what they're doing there. And uh, it, was dope to, it was dope to see. Good for Kofi and Woods. Yeah, and, and speaking and, of Kofi, fifteenth-time tag team champion, uh, the most reigns ever, you know, and uh, that was another thing that the internet was buzzing about. Uh, Booker T saying that uh, he was salty about that, which again, I love the commentary of Booker T being an NXT guy, saying that you guys are invading our territory. What are you doing down here? Like, I just right. I love that storytelling aspect. But you know, like I said, uh, wrestling Twitter was saying that Booker was upset because Kofi essentially broke his record of having the most tag team title reigns. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess for, for for Kofi, you are, it shows that you've been on top for a long time, right? It shows that you've been at the, the, the very top of the division for the longest time. But I always think it's sort of, I, as a kid even, I was just like, Ric Flair was the whatever times champion at that point. And I was just like, well, that means he lost it that many times. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I have friends who say that all the time, especially when it comes to Flair. But there's a lot more people who lose it, who get that title, lose it, and you never hear from them again. You know, so yeah, I guess you're, so, you're yeah. if you're in the running, that's a that's that's a positive thing. Um, we didn't really get to talk about SmackDown. Well, I guess the big news is that um, is that uh, Roman Reigns has a very special surprise for Sami Zayn. Yeah, According to Jey Uso, Roman has something special for him next week. I love how they could just milk Roman's absence as a positive. What do you think the surprise is going to be? I think he's getting a Sammy Uso shirt officially. Oh, really? You think it's going to be another shirt? The gift of the surprise of another shirt? I feel like it's going to be officially, he's going to be officially named Sammy Uso. Because he told him to clean up his beard a little bit. Mm. And that's the part that made me start laughing. He's like, you know, come here real quick. You gotta clean up because <laughs> you've got something special for you. Yeah, so because he kept saying if you don't how get great, Lucy, how great mm-hmm. would it be if Sammy just went to Jay's barber and just <laughs> got what the exact same, like ex- everything exactly the same except Sammy's hair? You need a hair color? Like huh? if it's Sammy's hair, but in black or dark brown. No, no, no. It's still Sammy's okay. color, but he's got like highlights <laughs> or whatever. Like the same, yeah. yeah. But but just but the <laughs> The, the cut and then the beard, the, like the, the carefully manicured beard. He's going to look fresh on Friday. I guarantee that. He's going to look very fresh. That's going to give me NBA 2K vibes. Right? Oh, what yeah. If him, what if they give him a, a, a tribal tattoo? Like, what if he gets like a UC, you know. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Those, well, here's <laughs> the thing. Those long tribal Samoan tattoos. It's December now. It's December 12th. This is, we're officially in mid-December, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are... Let's ha- let's let me count the weeks now. We are exactly we're pretty much exactly two months from elimination chamber. And if this is if we are whether or not we're steering towards the Sami Zayn in the main event and elimination chamber situation, I mean, we're talking about in this in the in in the but we're talking about like 
three episodes of SmackDown that Roman Reigns will be on between now and potentially Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn, right? Whatever he gives him, I think, is going to have a lot of significance. It might just be a t-shirt because selling, selling merch has a lot of significance, but in a different sort of way. But I don't know, man. It wouldn't shock me at all if Maybe we start, if we start the, planting uh, the seeds right now. Maybe he gives Ooh. him delays. Is he going to give him delays or whatever? Like the same mm-hmm. sort of ceremonial treatment that uh, the elders hit Roman with after he won the title? Maybe Sammy gets something. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's going to be something that Jay or Jimmy haven't gotten, I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. you think? All right. I think yeah. it's going to be something that makes them look like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all beat my ass for all this like, for like six months. <laughs> I didn't get none of this, you know? So, looks very interesting. Looking forward to it, man. I'm excited about it, man. Is there anything else from SmackDown you want to touch on, Brian? Oh, we got to talk Kurt Angle. We got to talk about that. The oh, that's what we're going to talk about. Kurt Angle's <laughs> birthday celebration with his son, Jason Jordan. How nice is that? <laughs> that's all you need to be like a, the pat on the back. Now, listen. If FTR and the Briscoes go out there and like do some shit in their match that like winks at Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine working a dog collar match at Starcade 83. Like, whatever. Like, that's, that is gratifying. Don't get me wrong. I like that. You know, we've talked about it before. Mixed emotions when you have a whole match that's built around it. That obviously wasn't the case on Saturday. But, um, but just, but, it, but all you need is just the acknowledgement that we spent a significant amount of our time dealing with the storyline that Jason Jordan was Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Um, it was just an amazing moment when they embraced. I mean, that that's it's my, my heart is warmed. My heart is officially warmed. Mm-mm-mm. Love to it's, see it. We should just have there should just be a show. They should get Mari Povich to come on Peacock and just reunite <laughs> all of the estranged fake family members in WWE history. We're doing Hornswoggle and Shane McMahon. As oh, brother, yeah. Hornswoggle and Shane are going to be there. Can't really do Vince no more, I don't think. <laughs> but you could probably get Shane or Stephanie. No, it might get too real. Up. Might get a little um, too real in the field. <laughs> um. Anyway. Well, that was uh, Mask Mondays. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out the door? Yeah, man. Say less with Kaz. Loki and Rosie is out now. YouTube.com slash Kazim. Uh, you can watch it on Spotify as well, uh, or you can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. So check that out. And um, yeah, that's all I'm on, man. I'm I'm just dribbling the clock out to 2023 at this point. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Brian, you got anything you want to plug? Um, Yeah, just, just come right here. Ring of Wrestling every week. I'm producing yeah. content. And just Google me at Brian H. Waters. Duh. Oof. No telling what you're going to find if you Google Brian. Um, nah. <laughs> yeah, but he's but he's right. Check out the Ring of Wrestling Show feed. We're on Mondays and Thursdays. Cheap Heats on Tuesday and Friday with a little uh, Friday something from Peter Rosenberg. Um, he had Killer Cross on this past week, right? Nice, nice. Good interview. I, did Very I lose a week? No, that was right. It was Killer Cross. And, yeah, uh, and he was, oh my God, that was really good. I loved it when I got to talk to Cross. He's a very thoughtful guy. I always thought he was going to be thoughtful, and it turned out he was right. Or I was right. Um, but check that Rosenberg interview out. It's nice. It's long. It's well worth your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids. <laughs>